0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Are you ready to receive the word today? Several weeks ago, Terry and I were out of town. Uh, Bergen was staying at our house, one of our interns, and, and she called me. And she said, hey, the pump has gone out on the swim pool to which I said oh it's okay no big deal I'll deal with it when we get back few days isn't gonna hurt it don't worry about it well we came home and rounded the corner and and, and I, I've been looking for words to describe green <laughs> more like jello that you could walk on and I'm not talking about a little green tent I'm talking about the worst case of algae it was thick I'm talking about had taken the pool completely and totally over to the point literally it was so thick I felt like I could just walk across it that upset me (laughs) I really was been out of shape and and the the truth is Terry and I had only turned our backs on it for a few days maybe a week we just turned took our hands off of it and this algae this green gook like jello gook had taken over a once very pretty beautiful pool of water And at this point, you're just standing there, and both of us were just looking at it, just staring here. Well, at this point in your life, you have a choice to make. Now, this is it. Here is the choice that we're facing. Now, now, because we're both... Crying, we're mad, we're furious, we're upset. You know, motions are just running all through you as you're standing there shaking, looking at this. Okay, so you got one of two responses. You're either going to quit, give up, and just let the algae have it, or you're going to roll up your sleeves, and you're going to go get your pool back. Yeah, it's going to be really good. <laughs> the title of today's message is, Go Get It Back. Go get it back. Yeah, for those who aren't glad you're here, you're gonna be. Turn to First Samuel chapter 30. Standing there looking at that green gook, this passage of scripture came to me. And I I started reliving this story in First Samuel as I'm staring at that pool, reliving this story in my mind. I start writing this message right there and I, I got to preach on this green gook right here this is a this is a sermon and it's laid out in first Samuel chapter 30 this whole scripture just starts running through my mind three days later when David and his men arrived home at the town of Ziglag they found that the Amalekites had made a raid in the in Ziglag they had crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. They carried off the women and children and everyone else with it without killing anyone. Then David and his men saw their ruins and realized what had happened to their families, and they wept until they could weep no more. David's wives, they were all, everybody, it was captured. David was now, verse 6, David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they begin to talk about stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. He said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. Abathar, Abathar brought it, and David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders, and will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out. Drop down to verse 18. David got everything back the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his wives. Nothing was missing. David brought everything back. I want to look at this event for a few minutes. As God through history reveals himself to us and how our life works on a daily basis. Hold your place right there. Don't close your Bible because we're going to look at all of these verses as we dissect this. David and his men had been gone. They were out fighting battles, and that's what they did, was fought battles. The fact is, this is what we do every day. This is not an outlandish Old Testament story. This is a description of our life. We're fighting battles every day. Our company needs this ordered and you found out it's not in stock, now you got a battle to make that happen. One employee's not getting along with another employee, and there's a battle. One employee quit, so now what are you going to do to fill that hole? See, the, the delivery truck broke down on the day that they told you it was going to be there. The delivery broke. Bro- the truck broke down. You have to have that part to do what you're doing. Now you got to navigate yourself through that battle. The driver didn't show up. The piece of equipment that you have to have today broke. An employee called in sick. You got a flat tire. A refrigerator went out. Your freezer went out and all of your frozen meat just thawed and all of that ran all over the floor. The air conditioner just went out and the building went down. I mean, the electricity went off. Your basement flooded. I mean, could I go on all day long? Our days are spent fighting battles that's what we do our days are spent fighting battles and as I was standing there on the edge of that pool looking into that green gook I thought the truth is right here is where everybody in this church lives every day of our lives this is where we live there's nothing out of the ordinary about this this is just a day Another day at the office, we got a battle, here it is, here's green gook in the pool. Now, let's break this down, verse 1, later David and his men arrived back home. It's just the usual day, out fighting battles, come back home. The story makes a turn in verse 1, they found. Okay, look at that, say it with me, they found. How many of us know all about this? Just been out fighting battles, pulled into your carport, and there's all of that thawed meat and the juice running all over the carport. And you just found it right there. You just found it. For those that don't know anything about the Amalekites, let me just quickly tell you, they are known for their cruel, ruthless brutality in unprecedented ways. I mean, th- These are a group people that would burn their own sons and daughters as sacrifices to their false gods. We're talking about brutality of, of unbelievable proportions. Now uh, let's don't act like this story doesn't happen to all of us. It's happened exactly like this for you and I. You know the truth is it, it was not just Terry and I standing on the bank or on the, uh, on the edge of our pool looking at this green, green goo. This happened for us years ago in our marriage. Well, We were just young married having kids, fighting battles like everybody else fights, you know, paying the bills and doing the laundry and uh, having kids where you're either taking a kid to a doctor's appointment or you're taking a kid to a birthday party every day. And most of the time, you go to a birthday party and after all the cupcakes and stuff, then you just go to the doctor that afternoon. So if you got little kids, that's what you do. You're fighting battles all day, every day. And we came home And found that our marriage had been destroyed and hauled off. Right in front of our very eyes. Years ago, in our marriage, we had one of two choices. You can quit and let the algae have it. Or you can run the algae out and get your marriage back. So that's where we are on a very regular basis in our daily life. Chapter 30, arriving back home, they found... Their homes burned to the ground. Wife and children carried off. Verse 3. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. Okay, let's just quickly digress here. Let me remind you, these weren't some emotionally weak weenies right here. Have you ever read about David's fighting men? They're not a bunch of drama queens. Let me just hand it to you. Joseph... In one battle, he took out 800 of the enemy by himself. Eleazar, another one of David's fighting men, he had fought on a battle all day by himself. The rest of the army pulled back, left him out there. He whipped all of them, and when they found him, they had to pry his hand off and out of the spear that he was carrying. Abishai, he killed 300 people with a knife. Now, this is these fighting men here. Benaiah... Just on a snowy day, he just jumped down in a pit and killed a lion. So we're, we're not talking about drama queens. We're talking about real men. We're talking about real men here, and they are crying until they can cry no more. Note about, no doubt about it, losing all of your stuff, losing your life, the enemy ripping your life apart is gut-wrenching. I get it. But you know what makes the hurt probably a lot worse? than maybe it even would be. What makes it really deeper is the knowing I should have never let this happen. Because the truth is, I should have never let that happen. All I had to do is make one phone call, get somebody to run over there, change out that little part that didn't take five minutes, flip the pool back on, and not any of this would have ever happened. It was no big deal. I just let that happen because I was doing my own thing. I was out doing this, and I just didn't stop and give attention to what I should have given attention to. And that's what makes you even matter. That, that's probably what makes you the maddest. The truth is, the algae destroying that pool, the truth is, was all my fault. Uh, I ignored the signs. I ignored the signs. Let me tell you what I did. I ignored a warning. See, you ignored a warning. Your best friend said, hey, man, hey, let me tell you something about this. Ah, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Bergen called me, ah, oh, don't worry about it, i deal with it later. I, it's okay, it's no big deal. See, I was having too much fun right at that moment to give myself to what I needed to take care of. It's getting quiet at this point. I kind of prepared in my notes, it will get very quiet here. Don't get worried, just keep on preaching. So I'm ready for this. All of us, we're out daily fighting our battles, that's what we do. But the lesson here is we can't ignore what, what warning signs are along the way because we're going to come back and find that we've lost. That, that, and, and here goes the list of all. You've lost your peace. You've lost your joy. You, you've lost your faith. You, you lost your, your relationship, your connection. You, you lost where you should be with the Lord you, you had a real connection at one time with the Lord and the enemy just came in and because you were out doing your own thing and you didn't you ignored the warning signs hey man we missed you in church last week hey where you been miss oh it'll be all right' today. you don't have to go to church every time I can be a Christian and not be in church see you 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 ignore the warning signs along the way, and it's no big deal until you drive around that corner and you find. See, they found. Oh, no. Oh, no. An enemy came while I was out doing something else and ignored the signs. An enemy came and stole your joy, stole your peace, stole your faith. See, an enemy came and stole from you. Remember how excited you were and happy you were? To start to school. Just loved it. My goodness, I'm a part of Christian Ministries Academy. This is just the greatest school. Oh, I'm just boiling with excitement. Uh, We have finally found the place for our kids. And then you get out and start fighting the battles. Fight battles on the playground. You know, you fight battles with a teacher. You fight battles in the hall of school. It's what we all do. And before you know it, you come and get out of the car in the morning going to school and you hate this place. See, the thrill of being here was stolen from you. You were dating. Oh, man, you're so excited. You were so in love. You want to spend the rest of your life together. Well, you got married. (laughs) Out fighting battles, bills, kids, jobs, out fighting battles. Uh, What happened? The thrill of you being married was carried off by the enemy. Oh, you started a new job? Oh, thank the Lord this job is an answer to prayer. I needed this job. It came along at the right time. I I just, I've died and gone to heaven working at this place. It's just the greatest job in the whole world. I love who I was. I'm just having a ball working there. And then you start fighting the battles with co-workers, with a boss. You start fighting the battles that you do. And what happens is, you'll round a corner and you'll find that the enemy cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is better than you're listening. <laughs> verse 3, arriving home, realizing what happened, they wept until they could weep no more. And we've all been right here. We've all been right here. Now, verse 6, I want us to look at the, at the course For natural man. Here is exactly the way we all do. Number one, we become very bitter. Bitter. See, number one, we're very bitter about our loss. And then number two, we immediately start blaming somebody else. These are just the two steps of natural man. You're going to be bitter and then you're going to be full of blame. And this is where so many people live today. Our loss is always somebody else's fault. And all we think about doing is throwing stones at somebody else. When I rounded that corner and I saw that green gook in the pool, I was immediately mad and my mind started running wide open. My dang grandkids, they're the ones that swim in this pool. Why didn't they call up? Why didn't Bergen call me 17 more times? Why didn't she just tell me one time? You need to call me. You better call. I mean, why didn't she call me? Why didn't my grandkid? Why didn't the kid? Did nobody drive over here and see this turn? To green? My mind is running to who all should have done something else. My mind didn't go. Boy, I blew that. See, your mind didn't go. I was warned. I was told, and I ignored the signs. No, I was just. I was trying as hard as I could to compile a list of who I was mad at because I was mad. It's your fault. It's just your fault because you did nothing about what was happening. I'm telling you this story in 1 Samuel couldn't have been more me than if it just followed me around and wrote about me. This is where we live This event is so common, it's exactly what happens. You come home, and you find, and the first thing is, you're bitter. You're mad, you're lashing out, you're mean, you're withdrawing, you're bitter. I talked to people 25 years ago that got a divorce, and still bitter. Bitter over what their husband did. Bitter over what their boss did 30 years ago. Seething with bitterness about the, what, the, what they should have and if they would have and they did See, we're bitter. We're bitter. We live bitter. We, we, our life is... Li- Man, there's a lot of folks bitter over this last election. Just bitter. Oh, and living bitter. There's people bitter over the fact that your company sold. And there you are. I was with them 32 years. And they just sold. Didn't ask me nothing about it. They just sold. See, bitter. We got a lot of folks living bitter. Number two, you got to blame somebody. Okay, I don't see anybody standing here, so we'll blame David. Whoa, blame David. See, you're going to blame your husband. And if he would have only, and if he would. And the reason we're where we are today is because of my wife. And if she would have, and she didn't, and she refused to, and she was told. and See, we're going to blame your child's teacher. Just ne- never saying, I wonder what part I played in this marriage crisis. I wonder what I did to make her have to go and do that. So, but am not ever going to ask that. Blame the teacher. I wonder what my kid did to make that teacher have to do that. Now, the teacher's wrong. Shouldn't have done that. But what did my kid do that made that teacher have to do that in the very beginning? Had my kid not ever done that, then the teacher wouldn't have had to come up and make a mistake. But see, we're not ever going to talk to our kid about what part did you play in this. I wonder what part I had in my boss laying me off. Out of all the people that work here, he just picked me. I wonder what part I had. See, we never see our part in the loss. Let's just get a stone and start chunking rocks at David. I was once thrilled with my marriage. I was once thrilled with my job. I was once thrilled with my school. I was once thrilled with my church. That green in that pool was all my fault. And I had to deal with that. I had to deal with that. I had to deal with that, and it's not easy. It's not easy to say this marriage situation is my fault. This financial situation is all, this economy and this president. My mishandling of money is all my fault. Let me just tell you, we can't let these two responses destroy us. Bitter is your first one, and blame is your is your second one, and we can't live there. Church, you can't allow yourself to live bitter and full of blame your whole life. Let's go on verse six. What do we do, Tim? You've identified me. You've called me out. You, you've called me out right here in this sermon. I'm bitter and I'm blaming other people for where I am today. You've called me out. What do I do? Verse six. First thing you do is go to the Lord. You go to the Lord you don't live bitter and blaming you go to the Lord and you find strength in the Lord you go to the Lord and you find your strength in the Lord now here is key for us without realizing it you were finding your joy in the color of the water in the swimming pool Not in the Lord. See, you're finding your joy in a perfect school with perfect teachers. See, you're finding your joy in a perfect place to work with a perfect boss and perfect employees. See, you're finding your joy in going to a perfect church. And this is only perfect until you get to know anybody in here. It's only perfect at school until you get to know your teacher. See, it's only a perfect neighborhood until you get to know your neighbors, and then you find out you're not in the Garden of Eden. See, then you find out I'm living with imperfect people. See, it's a perfect place in the L.A. dorms until you get to know everybody up there. And Paul has accepted some real imperfect people in this school. My goodness, I thought everybody that came here was perfect, perfect. You find your strength. Okay, get this. You find your strength in the Lord, not in a perfect school. You find your strength in the Lord, not in a perfect job environment. See, you find your strength in the Lord, not in a perfect church. And the problem is, people moved and move and they move and they move to 97 churches. 327 schools in 12 years they're gonna try to find them a place that will make them happy and you got to come to a place in life where you find your joy in the Lord you find your happiness in the Lord and when you quit coming home from work and looking for your mate to make you happy whenever you come home happy because you found your strength in the Lord then you can't believe what that will do in your marriage you can't believe the work environment you'll have when you walk in the door and you were happy. I found my happiness out there in the car in the praise that was playing in my player on my car and I was worshiping God and I came in this place happy. So I'm not looking for a job to make me happy. You go to the Lord and you find strength in the Lord. Let's move on. What do you do? When you're around that corner. And you find that algae has taken over your pool. What do I do? I go to the Lord. And then verse 8. You go get it back. The title of today's message is. Go get it back. You don't quit. And you don't live bitter. Terry and I standing there. On the edge of our pool. You ain't got but one of two choices. Let the algae have it. Or. Go get it back. Let that algae have your joy or go get your joy back. You let the green gook take o- you let the bitterness take over your life or you drive the bitterness out and you get happiness back in there. See, you've got one of two choices and you've got to decide how are you going to live your life. I'm, I am hate it that you have let algae take over your pool. It's all your fault. If you hadn't been a jerk, your wife wouldn't have left you. If you hadn't have been a jerk, they wouldn't have laid you. It's all your fault. You're where you are. And now what are you going to do? I shouldn't have let that happen. I let it happen. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get it back. I'm going to go. I'm not going to live bitter. I'm not going to live blaming somebody. Stop all of that. And just, whose fault and who should have done it? None of that matters. Let's get the algae out of here. And let's get this pool back. Don't live bitter. Go get it back. Verse 18, the end of the story. Verse 19, David got everything back. David got everything back. There was a time you were happy. Go get it back. There was a time you had joy. Then you go get it back. You go get your joy back and you bring it back home. There was a time you were very much in love with your wife. Go get it back. Just go get it back. See, there was a time that you loved this school. Go get it back. There was a time you thought this was a great church. Go get it back. See, we're out fighting battles, and the enemy stole from you. Now let's just go get it back. I rounded a corner. I was shocked. I was. I. I, I mean, I was speechless. I can't believe this has happened. I'm, go get it back. Go get it back. What is it today that's been stolen from you? Quit crying. Quit being bitter. And good grief, quit blaming everybody and go get your happiness back. Go get your fun marriage back. Go get get the green gook out of here and go get it back. Now, this is easier to preach than it is to do it. And I purposefully omitted the verses between verse 9 and verse 18 because I don't really want to read those. The Amalekites didn't see them coming and go, oh, here, you're happy, here's your joy back. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, here, here, let me bring, let me run out and meet you. You don't have to come all the way. I'll meet you halfway, and I'll bring your fun back to you. Uh, I'll admit that because if you're going to go get it back, you're going to have to battle. If you're going to go get it back, you got a battle ahead of you. And this wimpy generation we're in today just is too wimpy to go do anything. Life ain't made for wimps. Not this life. You probably need to get a spaceship and fly to another planet. Here, you got to be tough if you're going to live here. You're going to have to be tough if you're going to live here and be happy. David and his men went after those Amalekites, and they didn't just hand them their joy for living back. They just didn't hand them their love for God back. you got to fight for it. Verse 17, David and his men rushed in and attacked the enemy. They'd gum this algae. i tell you what we did. We shocked the fire out of that. The pH skyrocketed. Oh, my gosh. So then we got after the pH, treated the pH. It destroyed all the chlorine. See, whatever you do, it's going to make, well, I went to her, and I talked, and see, it's just over. See, we try for about three minutes. <laughs> I asked her if she wanted to get this back together. She just screamed at me and hung up the phone, so what's a guy to do? <laughs> well, life ain't for you, I can tell you. That's one thing. We got a problem with a weenie. So the problem starts there. You're going to have to go get the Amalekites, and you're going to have to get it back. See, here's the deal. We did this, and then this happened. We did that, and it got worse because this happened. And it was very frustrating. See, it was very frustrating because we would get up early in the morning and run out there before daylight to shine a light. Did it, did it clear up? Did it clear up? No. No, it didn't. Okay, are we going to quit here? Are we going to quit there? See, we quit too soon. If you're going to go get your peace back, you can't quit after a minute and a half of trying. If you're going to get this back, you're going to have to get tough about this. you got to go back and get your joy for living. Exodus chapter 22. It's very interesting. I won't read this whole section to you, but just a few verses here in verse Thir- uh, three, a thief who is caught must pay in full for everything he stole. If he cannot pay, he's got to be sold as a slave. If someone steals an ox or a donkey, it's found in the thief's possession. That thief's got to pay double for the value of that stolen. If the animal's grazing in the field and the owner lets it stray to somebody else's field to graze, in, the animal's owner must pay compensation for its grain and grapes. If you're burning thorn bushes and the fire gets out of control and spreads to another person, destroying the sheaves or uncut grain the crop, the one who started the fire's got to pay. Suppose a neighbor leaves money or goods with a, with a neighbor in safekeeping and they're stolen from the... You catch that thief. The thief is caught. The compensation is double the value of what's stolen. I got so excited when I read that. God's clear plan is the thief has to pay it back. What Jesus tell us the devil was? He's a thief. He's a thief and a robber. Oh, I got excited. God's plan from the very beginning is the thief has got to pay back double what was stolen. Joel 2.25, the Lord says, I'll give you back everything that you lost. Devil, you're going to give me back my joy. Devil, you're giving me back my peace. Devil, you stole from me and you're not doing it. You're going to give me back a love for my life. You're going to give me back a joy for living devil, you stole it from me and you're going to pay it back and you're going to pay it back twice. Sometimes just look up in your biblical concordance the word restore or restored. It's countless scriptures. The Bible is full of scriptures. Psalms 23 said, He restores my soul. Church, we've got a thief, an enemy who wants to steal joy and peace and abundance and blessings from us an enemy wants to steal that but we've got a God that wants you and I to go get it back y'all stand our oh Lord today we thank you for the provisions in life that you have given us we thank you for the blessed life that you've given us and Lord we roll up our sleeves and we whip the enemy We're going back and getting what was stolen from us. We're going to go back and get what has been taken away from us. We're going to go back and get it. Lord, we're not rolling over. We're not turning our life over to some green scum. We're not rolling the cares of our life. We're not just handing our life over to some green algae and walking away and saying, Oh, well, we're not living in bitterness. We're not living blaming somebody. But Lord, we're going to go get back the life that you came to bring us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.